step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, before we get started, I just want to warn you, this episode contains talk of sexual assault, including rape, um, child abuse, and self-harm including suicide so if any of those things would make this a hard listen for you i urge you to take care of yourself and skip this one and i will see you next time later hey guys princess here and welcome to another episode of buy pumpkin where in the world is princess not in her office. Her office doesn't exist anymore. Actually, my office exists, just not where I am. Um, I'm still mid-move. I will be leaving sometime next week and hopefully settling in into the new place. But for now, I am still a podcast hobo, wandering around my home, trying to figure out, well, princess, hobos don't have homes. I don't know. I don't know what the term is. But I have no place to be. I'm wandering. Okay? And so right now, here I am. Just sitting here with this mic stand hanging over me. Like one of those Instagram podcasts. Where people, you know, get a mic fresh from Amazon get on there and start saying crazy shit about how women should have rights and how water makes you gay and all kinds of shit. People just... <sighs> That's what I feel like. I feel like one of those uh, rage farming podcasters. But here I am sitting here and thinking, what do I want to talk about this week? And what I want to talk about is intervention. I actually just had it on... Um, these are my last few days in the office and it's just been like fucking hell on wheels. Uh, it's like they know I'm not going to be there anymore. <laughs> I mean, they, most of them do know, but it's like they know I'm not going to be in office anymore. And they're like, let's just make this wild as fucking possible. Um, and today I was just watching stuff, um, as I was working, I find when I used to freelance, I would take my laptop and go to Panera all the time. And I'll tell you why. I always chose Panera. Not because, like, I think it's an amazing coffee shop. Because I don't. Like, it's Panera Bread. It's a huge conglomerate. It, I don't think anything there is good. 
But, I mean, well, hmm, broccoli and cheddar soup is good. But what I'm saying is that, like, I would, I like going there because it wasn't a independent coffee shop. And I didn't have to feel bad. And no one was serving me. And nobody had my tables. And, no, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a cold corporate, you know, fast casual restaurant that thinks it's better than it is. So, I could stay there all day and it was no big deal. But part of the reason I like to work in that environment is because there were so many people around, you know? And there was lots of hustle and bustle, but they were never talking to me. So, I don't know. It felt like white noise, okay? And um, it felt, it's like, nice. Why am I talking about that? I was going to say something. Lord. Oh, I think I was trying to explain that, like, in the office, I like seeing people, but I don't like interacting with people. Oh, yeah. And then the other thing I do is I like to play, I like to play podcasts or, like, TV shows while I'm working. The noise helps. I don't know what it is. It separates... It just, it really helps. And also, I'm not a person that, like, starts watching TV and forgets. Like, and also, I'm putting shit on, like, I, oh, God. When I used to, when I first started freelancing, not even when I first started freelancing, like, in my heyday, when I when I was, like, making the most money I ever made freelancing, I would be putting on The Office. And I would just thank God I wasn't in an office. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I... You know, I, I so I was just playing stuff today as I was trying to, like, knock out some shit. I'm also on PTO next week because of the move. So, like, not only do I have this move looming, I have all this shit I want to finish before I go to PTO. Um, and I started playing Intervention, and this show came up, and I was like, you know what? I feel like talking about this one. It's Laney, Season 3, at least on Hulu, Season 3. You know how sometimes Intervention can be weird with... This episode. Sorry about that, guys. It's late. Um, so it's season three, episode eight. It aired in two thousand seven. And let me let me tell you how this opens. We see Lainey in a white stretch limo with a pair of Sony Discman headphones. You know exactly what fucking headphones I'm talking about, okay? You know, okay. And a cat. And, like, you know, I'm not just making that up. I know sometimes I just say shit on this show because it's funny. Babe, I'm describing exactly what we're looking at. There's a woman in the back of a white stretch limo with a cat wearing Sony Discman headphones. We never see the, disc, the Discman, but I'm sure it's there. I know it's there. I know those fucking headphones. And she's drinking Malibu. There's also a beer there, but she's just drinking Malibu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she says something like, what did she say? Hold on. She says something. Uh, what? Oh, I'm 36 years old and I'm rich. I can buy homes and cars. I can buy people. I'm supposed to be happy because isn't money supposed to make everything just peachy? Like, that's, that's her intro. I'm like, oh, so, one thing we need to talk about is Lainey is incredibly unlikable in this episode. 
no, like, when I'm looking at, um, because, you know, I always try to look for updates on the intervention girlies. So, like, um, everybody didn't like her. And I was like, this is it. This, this right here is, you look dead into the camera and you're like, I can buy a person if I want to. And I'm like, okay, I mean, that's true. People are for sale. I mean, we can say they're not. I mean, they shouldn't be, but people are for sale. We just call it other things. So who was Lainey? Lainey was born to a teen mom. Her mother was 17 when she was born. Um, and she was really in these streets. She said that uh, mothering, she had a hard time uh, juggling mothering with her social life. Um, listen, I don't know what her mother's name is. She looks like a Pam to me. So, Pam, Pam, baby, why you get up on this screen and say some shit like that? <laughs> and it's not that mothers can't be social. Of course, they can be social. You know, guys, I am team lead those goddamn kids. Leave them with their daddy. Leave them with their auntie. Leave them with some. Leave them with a licensed daycare provider. Leave them with an unlicensed daycare provider. Leave those fucking kids. Leave them. <laughs> no, um... It is incredibly important that as someone's mother, you're also making sure you have hobbies that are not your children and your husband, making sure you have interests that are not your children and your husband, making sure you have friends that are not your children and your husband. And the reason you need to do that is so you will not be online calling yourself a boy mom and asking if your future daughter-in-law will share your son with you because babe that's a throuple mm -hmm. that's a throuple why are you asking to be in a throuple with your son and his new wife i saw a tiktok or something where the woman was like can't will they share them girl get a fucking hobby children grow as electra told um god blanca on pose Children grow up and they leave. That's what they do. That's what they're supposed to do. If you did your job right, that's what they do. They grow up and they have their own lives. And, may, and you're still a part of it, but they have their own lives. If you want something to stay, that stays, get a puppy. That's it. So while I am very much for mothers having quote-unquote social lives, um, at no point should you get on camera and tell someone that you had a hard time juggling motherhood and social life. No one's going to understand. Everyone's going to be like, oh, so you're a bad mother. And it sounds like that that Pam was. Not that her name is Pam. She just looks like one, so I'm going to call her one. Basically, Lainey was at her aunt's house all the time. Oh, her father wanted nothing to do with her. Like, this is not at all... PC, right? But I'm going to tell you that as a woman, if you choose to give birth, adopt, take in, whatever, some children, you should, you should assume you'll be the only one responsible for them. You should assume because in many, not that I'm saying you won't have to be. Not that I'm saying it's right if you are the only one responsible for them, but I'm saying the way our society is set up, the way our laws are set up, the way we're socializing these people out here, especially men, 
it's quite possible that you will be. And so if you are going to have children, you know, I think children are a lot of fun, but you got to like doing that shit. Funky Daniva said nobody wants children <laughs> because no one likes to clean up and no one likes talking to people, little kids and stuff. I'm like, Funky, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I like cleaning up and I like putting systems in place and I like planning picnics and I and I like I like taking someone from one from point A to point B I you know you do not know how to tie your shoes and we're gonna put a system in place and we're gonna figure it out and that triumph of I've learned something new is feels amazing to me I really like my life but you gotta like it and if you don't like shit like that, then you ain't gonna like it. <laughs> so, like, I am at home in this shit. Even, like, enrolling five children in, in school in a new state. And getting these forms signed. And then you have to go to a clinic. And then you have to do this. And then you have to do that. That's a challenge. And, like, I eat red tape for breakfast, man. Just bring it. What forms? bring it <laughs> like I'm having a good time and I'm sure that there are other things that other that people have a good time with in parenting like but when people ask is it worth it is it's absolutely worth it it's so much fun it's and it's amazing to watch a person grow up and the main thing is is that you suddenly see the world through their eyes like you get to relive childhood. You get to see the world through their eyes. And it's amazing. Like I told, like the first, I remember the first time I took Turtle and Cheeks to the DMV. And we're sitting there and they're like, why are the numbers not being done? What's that? Why is that guy going up there? What's this? Why is everybody so sad in here? I was like, oh, you guys have never, oh. <laughs> this is your first, okay. Yeah, it is different here. <laughs> You've never been to the DMV. I forget. This isn't a thing for you. I don't know. I just really enjoy that part. But that said, if you are a woman that chooses to mother, know that there is a distinct possibility you will mother on your own. And there will be no other parents because of the way we allow men particularly and some women to make children commit to children and then you know go off into the sunset be on tiktok talking about that she won't let me see my baby and then the baby mama gotta stitch it with with text message of you refusing to come see the fucking kid like and so like it sucks that pam got into that like so this is one of those things that like is obviously not fair but happens and so i'm telling you so you'll know you know what i mean and <laughs> like i'm not co-signing on it i'm just saying that's the if you're gonna have a kid you need to understand that it's quite possible you'll be the only person responsible for this child until the day you die um and that's what happened to pam pam got stuck but Pam didn't say stuck Pam left the kid over at the aunt's house and I mean Lainey would be begging for her mother at all times and 
this really happened since she was seven. She felt really abandoned um, by her mother, which is understandable. And by the time Lainey was seven, her mother had been married and divorced two times at that point. And I'm pretty sure she didn't marry the father because she said he did not want anything to do with her. So it felt like it, like forever, he like they weren't married at all. Um, okay, so she's been married and divorced twice by the time she's 24. Her third husband comes along and he loves Lainey. He wants to, he wants to hang out with Lainey. He's so nice to Lainey. He's all into her until they get married. And after that, he hates her. And you don't say he physically abused her. But just emotionally abused her, would call her names, would refuse to give her food that they were eating. Like, so he'd come home with cupcakes for just him and her mother and call Lainey a fatty piggy for wanting the, the cupcakes and yada, yada, yada. And, like, there are some people that'll be like, that's not that bad, right? Because it's not being burnt with a cigarette. Okay. But I actually think this is worse. To be in a home where one of the adults doesn't want you, doesn't want you around, doesn't want, like, obviously hates you. And your mother must co sign on that. She doesn't say that this here, but she has to. Otherwise, you wouldn't be there. And, like, I'm not going to discount what it's like to be a 24-year-old single mother trying to find, like, a, a man or a father figure or something to, like, to, to, to fix your life, right? Especially at, at the age, this was at the times this was happening. I'm sure she was told over, over and over, she's got to find a father for her daughter. She's got to find a stable man to, like, I'm sure she was told that. I'm not discounting what that's like. I'm not discounting what Pam was going through. But I am saying that if you marry someone who doesn't like your kids, fuck you. Okay? And I understand that he was very nice until the wedding and then he wasn't so nice. Yeah, yeah, still fuck you. You, like, you are placing your marriage over that kid and it sends a very clear signal right let's say me and mr curtis break up or i'm forced to murder him because he getting on my fucking nerves there is no way in hell you could get within you know fucking 10 feet of me if you don't like my kids and I don't care. And and if we had married and the day after that, you don't, you suddenly don't like them. Well, let's get divorced. I would never marry again anyway. I've done that. Been there, done that, got the tote bag. And, I'll, and the other thing I always tell you guys, there is no reason for a woman with, with, uh, who is financially stable to get married. There is no reason. There are only downsides to it. This is what, so Britney Spears um, husband filed for divorce today. Good. I I personally never liked that dude. I don't know nothing about him. Because I'd be trying to stay out of her business. Although her business be everywhere. So it was really hard. 
I don't know nothing about that man. But I don't understand why she needed to marry him. Probably because she wanted to. She wanted to have a wedding. That sounds about right. She wanted to have a wedding. She wanted to be excited. She wanted to have a wedding ring. She wanted to do those things. But she didn't need to. Like, getting married in your 20s when you're broke. And the two of you can put your money together so that you can actually afford a place to live. Understandable. Okay? Getting married in your late 30s when you have lots of money. Maybe not as much money as you would have if your daddy wasn't an asshole. But (laughs) if your whole family weren't assholes. But doesn't make any sense. Obviously, there's a prenup involved. And can we go back? Who who said get a prenup? Was it Sherry Shepard? Who was it? Said, ooh, get a prenup. Who was it? And and everybody was like, mm, well, I hope he did listen to her. Who's some black lady? Who was it? Mm. But there's literally no reason for a woman who has financial means and not even rich, but you, but literally is can is doing fine on their own. There's no reason for them to get married. Now, men, there's reason for them to get married. They live longer when they're married. They, uh, women live, I think women die sooner. I think that, I think that is the, the prevailing, uh, research says women die sooner in relationships and men live longer in relationships. Why? Guess what that is? Mm. So... <laughs> They're sucking the life out of you. No. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, I understand. But like, fuck you. Why would you marry some? And she's sitting in the mom, Pam, or whatever her name is, is like, oh, I feel responsible because you are responsible. You are. I'm sure there are is context to this. I'm sure that. It seemed right at the time, but you did this and you are responsible for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you defended her. I don't know if you tried to make things better. I don't know if you giggled with him while y'all eat cupcakes in front of her and he said mean things to her. I don't know. But yeah, it is your fault. Um, with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, they wanted to have a baby of their own. And they did when Lainey was 12. Okay. 
Um, and they're telling Lainey that she's having the baby. And Lainey is in, in, on the show was like, I was like, so what do you want a cookie? I mean, what she's saying is that she was incredibly unhappy in that home. Um, and felt like this had nothing to do with her and was not looking forward to the baby. In fact, she committed suicide now, or excuse me, she attempted suicide. Um, when she was 13, right before the baby was born. And I mean, it seems obvious if you put two and two together that she was attempting to kill herself to either distract from the upcoming birth of her sibling or to possibly be dead before the sibling got the, like it seems like it was related to it but um the baby's born not soon after that and it turns out she loves her sister she's very close to her sister she and her sister like like two peas in a pot growing up it's not that way anymore but that's you know so what we hear is that Lainey did well in high school we see tons of pictures of her she was very popular. She had good grades. Um, in these pictures, she looks like a, a teen queen right out of an 80s movie. Um, she looks like, what she really looks like is one of those white people at the end of Footloose that are having the fucking time of their life. Not that remake. Not that remake. They need to go to jail. Crumping. Come on now. <laughs> and as I will always tell you guys, the all I know about crumping is what I learned from that one episode of America's Next Top Model. I don't know shit else about crumping. But neither neither does Juliana Hoff or whatever her name is. Mm -mm. But anyway, the original Footloose with the original music. And at the end, when they are dancing at the dance and they are going off. And this is the happiest I've ever seen white people in my entire life. And I've seen some happy white people. White people love to be happy. Okay, they love to be happy. But this is the happiest I've ever seen. These people are dancing and they're jigging and they're jiving. Okay? They're having the best time. They're in they're jumping up mid in the air and freezing. They're doing all kinds of shit. And that's what Lainey looks like in those pictures. She looks like she's at that dance. I'm like, damn, Lainey used to have a good ass life. Look how happy she is. She mm, go ahead, girl. Um <laughs> and after after high school, she um, got a job as, you know, working with kids, and she was happy. And then when she was 20, gosh, was it 24? Well, it was before 24. She was raped by her ex. He was drunk. He came to her door while her family was asleep. She was living at home. She opened the door, and he assaulted her. He dragged her to her room. And raped her. Um, and Lainey says in so many words she felt helpless during that attack. And just felt like the best course of action was to be quiet. Hmm. And like with her stepfather, like there's no, no way of fighting back. Just be quiet. And it was devastating. 
And afterwards, she didn't want to talk about it. She didn't want to go to therapy, which I'm sure was not unusual for the way people handled it at the time. Um, There are still, you know, there are still people who think that the best way to handle something like that is just never talk about it again. And it'll go away, but these things don't go away. Trauma isn't even necessarily conscious. It's in your body. It's, it's, it just is, you know? And you can pretend like it never happened all you want to. It's going to come back on you. It's never gone. You know, it's like, I don't know, like a splinter in your hand. And you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to let the skin grow over and pretend like it's not there. Oh, no, it's going to get infected. It's going to make you pay attention to it eventually. There is no, like, the only way is to dig in there and, and, and handle the business. That's the only way to do it. And, you know, Lainey didn't do that. Um, and I can also see... I don't know. I can see not wanting to push her either at the time. Yeah. Like. So later at 24, she meets Dan. Who she eventually ends up marrying. Dan um, has a job in Silicon Valley during the dot-com boom. And they get all these stock options and they make millions. These are, they rich, rich, okay? And they're out here traveling and, you know, having the, on the sailboats, just having the best of everything and doing their things. And I mean, it looked really nice from the outside. But according to to Lainey, it was more like nice from the outside, but Dan was very controlling on the inside. And he reminded her a lot of her stepfather and that's like uh, a no-no and her stepfather although he did not he wasn't it was an ex-boyfriend that raped her um the way her stepfather treated her makes her is connected to how she felt during that rape and then let's throw in the fact that her uh, biological father will like literally wanted nothing to do with her um they ended up getting divorced. Uh, um, yeah, they ended up getting divorced after nine years. And she gets a very large divorce settlement. She doesn't have to work. She just drinks. Now, when they say this, I'm like, how large was the fucking settlement? Like $10 million? Okay, and like $10 million is an amount of money that I will never see in my lifetime, right? right? This is this is inconceivable to me, right? But even knowing that, I also know $10 million doesn't last forever. Especially when you're taking $10,000 limo rides. Because that's what she's doing. When we first were introduced to her, she, she was visiting her cousin in Boston. And she lives in Kansas. And she didn't want to take her cat on a commercial ride. And I think the cat's name is Putty Tat. Okay. Like, it's not that I don't get it. It's just that... If I really expected to, to walk around saying Putty Tat. Mm-hmm. 
it's like Beethoven, guys. <laughs> I showed my kids Beethoven <laughs> not too long ago. It's like Beethoven. Oh, no, no, no. That doesn't have a Beethoven. That happened in Look Who's Talking 3, I think. I don't know. Either one of those. But they're naming the dog. And the name is something that you wouldn't want to yell out every night when it was time to come home. You know? Like, no. And so, I don't know. More than these animals, let's think about the fact that we got to say the names. So anyway, she didn't want Putty Tat to go on the plane. So she bought a limo ride from Boston to Kansas for $10,000. And she said it's like nothing. It's chump change. She's right. Like when you have like $10 million or what? She, when you have that type of money. And I still don't know how much money. I'm guessing. When you have that type of money. Yeah, $10,000 is nothing. Until you do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. You know what I mean? I'm not sure. Like, so my first thought is when I find out she's rich and everything, is I'm like, oh, how long are you going to be rich? Not working and drinking your life away and taking $10,000 car rides. I would say not long. Um, Pam says that, that, um... Lainey's mental state has deteriorated so much over the last few months that she doesn't even know if Lainey is having rational thoughts. And that's when Lainey tells us there's some sort of spirit thing that lives upstairs next to the kitchen. And that Putty Tat has seen it too. And that cat looks directly into the camera like it's auditioning for a reboot of The Office and they want to be Jim. They look directly in the camera. And... They give us the, why I gotta, why how I get in it? Why I gotta be up in it? Why, why not how I get in it? That's exactly what that cat looked at the camera. So I'm gonna venture to say the cat did not see it. I'm just, if I can read faces, the cat didn't see it. So at this point, most of the family is cut Lainey off. Her mother lives about 30 minutes away and sees her twice a week, but can't stand to be around her more often. She thinks that she, if she cuts her off, Lainey will act out in a destructive way. She has threatened suicide before. Her cousin says that she will call her up and claim to have cancer and be dying. She is lying. Um, I don't know if that's like diabolical in that way. She might just be drunk, you know? She cries about all the bad things that happen in her life for hours on the phone. Her mother says that she gets so angry hearing it and she wants to tell her to shut up and get over it. Listen here, Pam. I know you don't have any media training, okay? Nobody... Like, why would you? Why would you? But that's a thought for your journal. Okay? That's that's a diary thought. That ain't no... That ain't no... Uh, speak out loud in reference to your child thoughts. So, I am... I've... When people start talking about gentle parenting a lot... And people... And... So people would ask me, like, isn't that what you do? And I was unclear because I was like, I don't know. Some of this stuff sounds crazy. But I've gotten, like, over the last few months, it's become more and more clear that that's not what I do. Because gentle parenting really centers the child's 
Um, and usually all every time you talk about gentle parenting, they're talking about one child and one adult and, and that sort of thing. And that is not how I live my life. I center the family union, right? So, but here's the thing. I'm a person in this family unit. You're a person in this family unit. You may be six years old, but you are a person in this family unit, right? And as much as I want everybody to get their emotional well-being taken care of, I want people... I, you can, I cannot center the feelings of a child. And, and that's not all what gentle parenting is, obviously. And some people, some people inter, like interchange gentle parenting, conscious parenting or intentional parenting. And other people have different definitions, whatever. But for me, I, if I have to describe my parenting, I'm very intentional about what I'm doing, right? Um... At least I want to be. I don't want to ever be acting on rage or upset or I don't ever want to be reacting, right? I want to be acting. And although I do prioritize children over adults, right? Because you have to. I mean, they, they, they just don't have all the tools you have. I am not going to be, I'm not going to pretend like I'm not a person just because I'm somebody's mother. I'm, I'm a full fucking person. My feelings get hurt. I get tired. I get touched out. I need space too. I need a timeout. Like I am a person and it doesn't go away just because there's a smaller person next to me. So when I tell you, Pam, those are not feelings for for public consumption. I mean that. Like, you listen to me because I'm not someone that doesn't think mothers are allowed to feel certain ways. I'm not, are not allowed to be upset with their children. I'm not, I'm not, that, no, I, I don't believe that at all. Feelings are, children are hurt your fucking feelings in a heartbeat. But... I truly believe that you that you have to be the bigger person at all times because you are the parent. And so I don't know what you thought they were going to do with this footage, babe. But this is not. No, 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 no. You go write that in your fucking diary, twist the key, and put that shit away. That is not something. Because just because the feelings are valid doesn't mean that they are hmm. they feelings to be valid doesn't mean they're relevant in the situation right and doesn't mean that everybody needs to hear about your feelings sometimes you got to keep that shit to yourself so at some point in filming lanny went off to the kitchen and took a lot of pills and shot it down with apple juice like production is running after her you can hear a producer going what did you what did you do what did you do and Lainey says she's getting the job done faster. So they end up calling 911. There are so many pills in the house that they can't figure out what she took. Um, and Lainey won't tell them. Paramedics come and Lainey is saying, don't touch me, get away from me, leave me alone while wearing her Sony Discman headphones. One of her cousins arrives and is upset that the paramedics aren't attending to her, but the paramedics say, like, we can't. She's conscious and she's saying no. And 
I mean, listen, I can understand the cousin's frustration. The cousin is nearly in tears. Like, I cannot believe you guys. She's completely drunk. Like, she cannot, like, you can't listen to her right now. I understand that. But overall, that's a good law. That if you tell the paramedics, get away from me, then they do. Now, as I'm like, as I'm like listening to that, as I'm like watching that, I'm thinking, okay, but if someone's unconscious, you don't have to get their consent to work on them. But my question is, what happens if someone goes unconscious after they already told you to leave them alone? And immediately, <laughs> that's what happened. Lainey passes out. And apparently now that she's unconscious, they can now do what they feel is in her best interest. So they're taking her to the gurney and she wakes up and they're like, no, you got to go. You got to go. Um, you can barely talk or whatever. And they take her to the hospital. She ends up in ICU and they figure out that she took an overdose of Trazodone, which is a sedative. And I don't know nothing about it. Um, but it's a big deal, apparently. And she ended up stopped breathing the first night and she had to put on a be put on a ventilator. And after two days in the hospital, she almost died of severe alcohol withdrawal. I believe that alcohol is like a physical dependency on alcohol is um, incredibly dangerous. Um, when one of my grandfathers was put in, was put in a, um, in a nursing home, they actually continued to allow him to drink there because uh, he was so fizz. I mean, they didn't let him like drink like he wanted to. Like when he was in his apartment, he was drinking all day and night. Um, but he was on a lot of medication and at first he was still allowed to drink because telling him to, getting him to stop would have killed him. Like his body needed it. That's, and, and like, like I said, I come from a long line of drunks on both sides, of, on all three sides, my, my biological father, my stepfather, and my mother. The family tree is full of empty liquor bottles. And, and like, and like, we've all got that drunk uncle, right? But I mean, in my family, like, it's not just, oh, Bob's drunk again. It's like, oh, did you hear Bob's homeless? Bob's living under a bridge. Yeah, he's going to be here today. But <laughs> it's it's severe consequences. It's not just sitting at home drinking. It's, it's hardcore shit. And what's addiction? Addiction is just simply uh, something is, is causing, like, an action of yours is causing incredible negative consequences and you continue is that's the that's a simplest that's a simplistic definition of it but yeah like you don't have a place to live and you're still like i'm gonna hit that bottle yeah the, those are those are my relatives and i think it's part of the reason i've never been a drinker i have seen like you know my stepfather is He's not in recovery. He doesn't do that. But he doesn't drink anymore. Um, I remember, like, what it was like when I was younger. 
And I've just never been that excited to drink. It just doesn't, it doesn't appeal to me, mostly because of that. Don't worry. I'm fucked up in other ways, so don't worry about that. It got me other ways. <laughs> um. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So yeah, uh, after five days, her condition stabilized. Now her mother's devastated. And the thing is, is I know Pam knows that Pam has made a lot of mistakes with Lainey and that now she feels responsible. She's like devastated. Her sister is angry, which is like so typical, right? That's like a, you know, you've got this sibling who is, I mean, she's 13 years older than her and she's taking all, her addiction is taking all the oxygen out of her room. Her mother's main job is taking care of Lainey. You know, like, like that's so typical um, relationship there. Um, Lainey, as she gets conscious, we watch her vomit for a bit, but yeah, she's conscious. And she angrily tells us that she's being accused of killing herself. And that did not happen. And if there was any trazodone in her system, it was put in her drink. In fact, she thinks that her mother snuck in the night before, put the pills in her bottles, and then when she drank some of her liquor, she over she OD'd. And she thinks her mother did that so that she'll she'd go to sleep. So obviously this didn't happen. But the fact that Lainey, that's what Lainey comes to. Like, as Lainey is brought... Because she was, like, in a coma. She was unconscious. <laughs> that when she is now conscious again, that that's what she jumps to, says a lot about what she thinks about her mother. And do I think Lainey believes it? Yeah, I do. She seems like she believes it. I don't think she's just saying that for the camera. I think she really believes her mother did that. But why? I mean, yeah, it's fucked up over there. When her aunt tells her that her mother and sister were in the hospital all night because they were afraid she was going to die, Lainey says, well, let me be the first one to get them a cookie. Like, Lainey, when Lainey talks, Lainey reminds me of, like, early Christian Slater. Like, Christian Slater was always, like, a floppy-haired guy that was doing a very strange Jack Nicholson impression. And that's what... Lainey sounds like. Lainey sounds like she's pretending to be Christian Slater, pretending to be Jack Nicholson. Well, let me be the first one to get them a cookie. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's funny. It's funny. I'm sorry. Her mother goes into the hospital room and grabs Lainey's face and is like, I love you. I almost lost you. That was the hardest thing I've ever been through in my life. And I don't believe her, and he does, does Lainey. That's just, I don't know. Also, why are you squeezing my face? Please stop. Okay, but here's the thing. 
in the hospital. And I'm not sure this happened while she was in the coma, but she says it did. Um, I think she's exaggerating. She, Lainey overheard the doctor saying that her family was going to do an intervention on her. Yeah. Interventions. Okay, so we can't talk about the ethics of interventions <laughs> because they just aren't ethical. And as I told you guys when I was talking about how um, back when I was still on Twitter, someone had said something like, all adoption are unethical. I don't think that's true, but if it is true, that makes us fine. Not everything you do is ethical. Most of the shit you do isn't ethical. I think we had Chick-fil-A today. It'll work. Unethical. Like, <laughs> so, so, I think interventions are unethical. Most of them. Especially when you have to not be upfront about why people are going. When you're like, trying to force a bottom how can I say this it's not that I don't think interventions are good I think that the industry itself is predatory right and also this idea that I'm gonna force you into treatment and then you will get treated and you'll be better is false like right so most people have to go to rehab or have to not even just go to rehab but take a stab at like recovery and sobriety many times right very few people go the first time and they're like oh i'm good um and so when i think about bam margera right all the shit that like he's in the news every other day right um it's always some shit and like, I'm just waiting for when they tell me he died, right? When I think about Delonte West, remember when that was really fucking with me? I, I, there's something about people feeling people at their most vulnerable, at their worst. There's something, there's a, there's a combination of shame and like, that really, like, I, I can't take. Like, please stop filming people, like, when they are in addiction, in a mental crisis, panhandling like stop it stop like let people have dignity you know what i mean like it's so frustrating to me but when that delante west stuff happened first of all i was very upset i don't even know who the fuck that is right i don't know nothing about no no sports but i was just upset that someone that people were filming this man as he's panhandling to be like oh didn't used to be a star like shut the fuck up if you're not going to give me $5, leave me alone. That's how I feel. And then, you know, once that started going viral, his mother was in, like, the newspapers and shit talking about, you know, wanting to get help. And then Mark Cuban was like, I'll get him help. I'll get him in, into rehab. And, you know, at some point, Mark Cuban posts on his Instagram, like, Delonte looking like like warmed over shit on a fucking horse at a rehab center like uh being like Delante's doing great I mean I don't know how Delante's doing my understanding is that he relapsed but the whole story used to bother the fuck out of me because of a lot of reasons one Mark Cuban is not paying for treatment I mean he could he paid for a bunch of people's treatment but probably he knows somebody and then they just comp them. Like, okay. 
but he's getting all this clout and like he's doing this shit publicly and like even just taking pictures even taking pictures of delante after he's in rehab even if they asked him which i don't know that they asked him to take a picture of him but like somebody just it looked like somebody ran up and was like delante can i take a picture for mark so show him how you're doing and he's like oh i guess like and then the whole thing about forcing people into treatment it's really hard right drug addiction is really hard if it was easy then <laughs> then more people would get sober but it's hard and it takes a lot of tries and forcing somebody into rehab what if he's not ready for rehab i i, I feel i feel like it's like I don't know. There's a lot of ideas. There's a lot of like conflicting ideas about it. Like lots of people go because other people want them to go. And then they, they figure it out while they are there. And then the idea that like people don't get sober unless they want to be sober. But mostly what I think about when I think about that and I think about Bam and I think about even Brittany and Lindsay and at the height of her shit and like people want people to be they want there to be a magic bullet. They want to know that if I do this, if I've served my kids these, this, if I make sure I'm home after school, if I do X, Y, and Z, then my kid will not be a heroin addict. It's scary to know that that is that you have no control over it, right? And then once addiction is present people want to know the magic bullet to get rid of it they want to know if you go to to detox for 30 days and then you go to rehab for 90 days and then you go to sober living and if you follow these steps everything will be okay but the truth is it the steps are not the same for everyone the way to get sober is not the same for everyone the when i'm ready is not the same for everybody and also, even if all those things were the same, plenty of people don't get sober. Plenty of people die every day and will die. My mom tells me all the time about how all these people are dead in her life. So people she's met in rehabs and in the rooms and things like that, they're dead now. And, you know, but what we all want is the magic bullet we want the instructions right that's why whenever something bad happens to someone like like someone gets kidnapped or hurt or somebody or like somebody gets murdered by a partner or something like that there's just rush to be like well why didn't she do this and why didn't you do that and why didn't you blah blah, blah and why didn't you do this because people really think that they can prevent bad things from happening to them by staying ready, right? If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. But here's the thing, we can't prevent, like besides basic common sense, like basic safety and basic um, self-care, we can't prevent bad things from happening to us. There is no checklist for a partner that will keep them from embarrassing you and cheating on you and hurting you. Right. There are red flags we can look for, but there is like you could you could filter out for everything. You still cannot control these things. You can't control if someone's going to break your heart. And 
you know, we know a lot about addiction, but there's a lot we don't know about addiction. Why one person can do the same shit and not be addicted to the other person and they just put it down. I don't know. Like Liz and I were talking about this. I think when I did an intervention on the Patreon a while back about how like you could be in this group of partiers. Like this is your, this is your party friends. You hang out with them. You do recreational drugs with them. You drink all the time with them. You're out all the time with them. And yeah, some of them are addicts, right? Right. But some of them, like they didn't have to get sober. They didn't have to do anything. They just got a job where they couldn't hang out anymore. And they just stopped doing Coke. Right. But there were other people that just couldn't, they, they couldn't do that. That was, it wasn't a thing in the job. They just could not stop. And other people are just like, eh, I got married. <laughs> we stopped going out as much. I lost my job. I don't have any money. <laughs> and then they just stop. I'm rambling, but like the point of all this is that like, particularly with like drug addiction, people want to know how to avoid it, how to avoid it for their kids and their loved ones, and then how to fix it. And they want a 72-part checklist that they follow instructions perfectly. Then they'll never have to worry about this with their kids. And they'll never have to, and if they do, it does happen to their kids, they can get them out. And it doesn't exist, guys. It just doesn't. Um, but now I, I got on this cause I'm rambling about the ethicalness of, of, uh, interventions. Right. But like for my, like, I mean, obviously the industry, the industry is very like expensive. It's predatory on families. It's, it promises us something that isn't necessarily true and also but for me you need consent <laughs> and you need like I don't like it when they're not clear about what's going to happen and they're just like focused on getting them there which I understand is like a principle of, of intervention that like you just you're, you're focused on getting them to a yes and getting them there. Um, but so the doctor said the intervention is going to happen on Friday. And Lainey told the nurse that if it's happening on Friday, she's taking off on Thursday. And the thing is, she can. She has the resources that she can. See, in a lot of situations, so that's another thing about Lainey. So interventions are essentially saying, I am no longer, if you're going to continue to do that, it's, it's setting boundaries, right? And they even make you say it in the way you're supposed to say it, set, set boundaries because boundaries are for you. That's why I keep telling you that, what do we say? Boundaries are for us, not the other person. And so it's not, don't you ever do this again? It's if you, if you're going to do this, I am going to not be able to, to participate in that. I'm going to, and it's, and it's not even threatening. I mean, it's so, the, the, the line is so thin, right? About being like, 
it feels like you're threatening them. Like, if you don't do this, we're going to blah, blah, blah. But it's not that. It's, it really is, I just need you to know, I love you. I'm willing to do this. I'm not willing to do this. And I need you to know that if you continue, you can't be around me or I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay for the car. I'm not going to, I'm not picking you up from the crack house. I'm not doing this anymore. So this is what I can do. And I can't do that anymore. And yeah, like I said, there's a really thin line between like a threat and a boundary, especially in this kind of case. Um, but the reason that sort of things work is because usually at this point, the addict doesn't have anything, right? They don't have any place to go. They're, they need you a lot of, in a lot of ways. But not Lainey. Lainey has money. And money money doesn't buy happiness. She is absolutely fucking right. Money, you literally cannot swipe a card and get happiness. You can't even swipe a card and get cool. You just can't. But what money does buy you is access and resources, and Lainey, if Lainey wants to hop a limo and get the fuck out of Dodge, she can. She has options and choices. That's what money brings. Money brings you options. Um, so, like, this intervention is not... When they say, my bottom line is that I'm not going to... Like, for many of these, we'll hear, I'm not going to bail you out of prison anymore. Lainey can bail yourself out. I'm not going to pay for your phone. I'm not going to let you drive my car. Lainey doesn't need a car. She's taking a limo. And by the way, I actually really appreciate, even though like the, just the sight of a stretch white limo is like, oh my fucking God, what year is this? By the way, my mom was like, we need to get on MapQuest. And I was like, well, first we have to get our time machine because does MapQuest even still exist? But like, that's how I feel about during the pandemic, I saw a stretch white, I saw a stretch, a white stretch limo Hummer. And I was like, oh, that's a time machine. There's no fucking way. That, that shit came from the past. There's no fucking way that, 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 that's, that that's not a time traveler right there. Um, but even the sight of her in that limo is like, uh, I still appreciate she's not driving. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Some of my biggest regrets have been drunk driving and I've never been like a huge drinker, but I've been like tipsy, like, and driving home. And, and I just remember in Norfolk, there is this, gosh, this is the, I used to live like, like closer to downtown and the way to get home on 64, like the exit, the way that exit comes down, like it goes through a light. And I mean, but you're going so fucking fast. And like sober, this exit is very fucking hard. And drunk is definitely, and I got home and I, and I went to sleep and I, you know, I woke up the next morning and I was like, I don't even remember how I got home. I don't even know how I got through that very tricky light, that exit into the light, into this fucking busy ass street. Um, I believe if I wasn't coming home at three o'clock in the morning, there's no way I would have, I would have made it through that intersection. There's no way. Uh, it's some of my biggest regrets, like, because it killed someone. Um, but I really appreciate Lainey is like, now nah, I'll pay $10,000 for a limo. <laughs> That's a good use of the money. Anyway, 
They do not drive drunk. Um, so the interventionist is Candy. And guys, Candy's not my favorite. Mostly because she cries too much. And I just still don't feel, feel that's very professional. And then you're going to be like, Princess, what is your definition of professional? My definition is if you get paid to be somewhere, you have to do the job. It's so... And so Candy, babe, <laughs> like, like none of these people in the room know what the fuck is going on. They're nobody's good at this. You're the person, the only person that's done this multiple times. Could you calm down and remain steady so the rest of us know I have someone to look to? Please stop crying, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just like if you guys do an intervention on me, no candy. Don't get candy. I don't. I. Mm -mm. As soon as I walk in the door, I'm like, you guys got fucking candy? <sighs> All right, Candy, go ahead and cry. Oh, fine. Let's make it about you. <laughs> this is about me. Um, by the way, all the times we see Lainey drinking at home, and in fact, we did see her, like, and I, I had notes on it, but maybe I skipped over it, where she, like, threw, threw some, like, some if i say bucket you guys think i mean a literal bucket like what do, what do you guys call them containers uh you know like one of those tote containers down the stairs full of pictures of herself she just lays around talking to the cat and shit but when she goes to make her drink she has this um this neon this pink neon sign that says cocktails and she makes her drink right next to it. And when she comes home from the hospital, she plugs the bitch in and goes, it's so good to be home. <laughs> it's, you have to see it. It's so funny. Um, the next morning, after she's out of the hospital, the family shows up to give her an intervention. She sees them outside, locks the door, and says, oh, I don't think so. And then she runs around the house locking all the doors and yelling, fuck off, dudes. But the thing is, production is in the house filming Lainey. And there's also a production team outside filming the family. And the family is like, they thought production inside was going to open the door. But like, inside, Lainey's looking into the camera. She's talking to the camera crew. She's like, if you open that door, I will sue you. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, so with the exception of Lainey overdosing, production is not supposed to interfere in these things. And you know, one of my favorite episodes, and I did it, and I talked about it, um, it's definitely somewhere far back in the Patreon. I talked about it. It's an episode where this guy is, like, threatening to kill himself, and he runs off into, like, this, I think they're in Florida, so it's like, this murky, swampy, nasty sewer thing. And he gets in a pipe and he's threatening to kill himself. And I remember when he did that behind the scenes, the producer was like, yeah, I had to like get out there. This motherfucker didn't have shoes on. It was disgusting. And I had to be like, listen, are you serious about killing yourself? Because I have to call 911. I have to call 911 if that's what you... Like, they have very limited things in which they can interfere. And I don't think that I don't think production would open the door just to let them in. Like someone had, it had to be dangerous. Like 
and I, you know, this is like, I mean, there's no law against it. Nobody's going to jail, but like, this is just kind of like the guidelines that they're using. Um, so Lanny has decided to call the police and she says, because a random weird ass people are outside. It's her family. <laughs> this is after she sells putty. She's like, yeah, they knew me and you was going to split the scene. They knew this was going to happen. Didn't I tell you? I told you. Didn't I tell you they was going to come? They was going to try to, to come early. Mm-hmm. I told you. And putty's just looking at her like, oh my God, girl. Um, I'm going to get to Putty in the limo. I'm going to talk about Putty in the limo in a minute here. So a producer asks to open the door and Lainey says no. She's been drugged into a coma. She has had to call the police. Um, Lainey finally agrees to let her cousin and not the first cousin, but another cousin, Angela. And after, Candy sends a producer with a very calm response. And I'm like, good job, Candy. Candy just says, listen, tell her we're here. That we just want to talk to her. And that... You know, like, just, it was just a really calm, like, I mean, a lot of, like, in a situation like this, so, when I'm at work, lots of times, people always praise me for my problem solving and for my way of wrangling cats and my way, you know, my way of, like, understanding what people actually are saying rather than what they, what the words are coming out of their mouth. And all of that is, like, me just being a, a mom to them. That's all it is. Like, I see that you're upset right now. I see that you wanted the candy. And you did not get the candy. Okay. Well, sometimes we don't get candy. But we're going to get candy. <laughs> like, it's really a lot of that. And I can tell that being an interventionist in situations like this. And this isn't a normal situation, right? But a lot of it is this. Is A lot of it is, like hand-holding and emotional being an emotional support dog and letting people talk about why they're so mad even though at the end of the day it doesn't change that we have to go you know but I found that if you let people say why they're mad they usually like go do what you want them to do they just want someone to hear them and this includes kids too just Okay, I see that you're very upset. Do you want to talk about it? Okay, I'm going to listen to you. And then don't, like, don't say things like, you shouldn't be upset about that. It's nothing. Don't worry about that. Just validate the feelings. And the older they get, I mean, you can start this when they're young, but the older they get, the more you ask more questions rather than make more statements. You know? So... But, like, Candy is definitely handling this like a pro. Um, this is early in intervention. She must have gotten worse over time. So, the police show up, and Lady tells them that she wants production to leave her property. She wants production and her family to the property. And the police say, yeah, we'll happily make them leave. We cannot make them leave the street, which is true. The street's public property. As long as you're not doing anything against the law on the street, they can't make them leave. She does allow her cousin to stay. That's when we start hearing from Dr. Avela Townsend. And let me tell you what, I love that name. That's the name sounds made up. And I already knew, I'm, she's from a treatment center. She's going to be the therapist that she's working with her. And I already knew this was going to be the, I knew, I knew she was from somewhere. Because this, this is a very tall black woman and with all these white people. And these people do not know that lady. 
they they don't know they don't know each other. That uh, y'all don't know nobody like Avila. I mean, maybe Avila. I don't know, but that's a Dr. Townsend is what I'm gonna call her. I'm gonna give her. her I'm gonna put some respect on her name. So she's like, Dr. Townsend is like talking to the door, saying, "Listen, I'm from this center. I will be your therapist. I'd like to talk to you and everything." And eventually, um, Lainey sends cousin Angela out and to tell say that she's not interested. And Dr. Townsend says, "All I want to do is let." Please go back and tell Lainey that this there's an offer today. Today's the last day. No one's gonna come back tomorrow and offer. Like basically like like putting a clock on it, right? And Angela goes back in, doesn't even get the whole fucking sentence out. And Lainey's like, okay, let her in. <laughs> so they spend a couple of hours talking to her. She's not going, she's not going, she can't just walk out on her cat. It's not possible. I mean, we we see timestamps, and it actually took them five hours to get her to go. I know Dr. Townsend was tired, so um, she will go as long as the cat can come. She said, "If the cat will come, I'll book the limo right now." I mean, she's got the limo people on speed dial, so I want to talk about the cat right now. Okay. When it comes to children and animals, I don't believe setting people up for for failure, right? So kids are humans. They're allowed everywhere humans are allowed as long unless there's an age restriction. But for the most part, regardless of what you think, you do have to ride a plane with a child. They are a human being. They're allowed to be on the plane, okay? Um, <laughs> but... I don't take them places that they would be, that would be detrimental to them, right? I'm not going to ever ask my six-year-old to be, to sit quietly on a hard-ass plastic chair for seven hours. That's crazy. He's not built for that. And all I'm going to be doing is making him very unhappy when I hopefully don't have to, right? And... I feel the same way about animals, right? I love animals. I literally would have a house full of animals if I wasn't married to Mr. Curtis. I always thought I would have a house full of animals. I've I've owned many, many animals. And my rule is that if they are going someplace for me and not for themselves, they don't have to go. So I don't take like there's no reason for me to take my dog shopping at Target. Once we get there, it can be noisy in Target. There are lots of people there. Lots of smells. They're not allowed, they're technically not allowed to be in there unless they're a service animal. And and that does not include emotional support animals. They have to be a legit service animal. Okay, a trained service animal. Um... And so you have to deal with like someone coming up to you and telling you to, to take the dog. Like, why would I put them in this position just so they can shop with me? If I don't have to, I won't. 
you know, this is why I hate Julia from Real Housewives of Miami. She keeps showing up with rent like a duck. Like, why are you... Ducks shit everywhere. They're birds. Birds birds, birds will sh a little be eating and shitting at the exact same time. You have no control over this. Rabbits are prey animals. I love a free, roam rab free roaming rabbit. If I didn't have kids, I would still have free roaming rabbits. They died. And I just felt like the rabbits don't live long enough when you have small kids. And then also, like... Even if they have really long life, even if they get the best, excuse me, rabbits have can have a significant life expectancy, but they don't because they, they, it's so easy for them to get sick. And like, I love a free range rabbit, but they're prey animals. So they don't want to be picked up. I mean, you they, they, there are many that will tolerate it, but they don't want to be. It's not their nature. Like, evolutionarily, they... <laughs> They are supposed to be scared of anything running up on them. They're prey animals. So why are we bringing a rabbit to a dinner party? Why are we doing that? So you be fun. That's a no-no for me. And I have to say this. I don't know. I don't know putty tat. I don't know putty tat at all. But does putty tat want to ride around a limo all the time? And go from house to house and travel. I don't know. If Putty Tat were my cat, I'd leave them at home. I make one of my cousins would take the cat while I was gone because I did not, I would not want to take it someplace it would be uncomfortable. I would not want, I don't think it's fair to put it in a limo for 12 hours or, or two days or however fucking long it takes. I would never because. I would care more about the cat. So the thing is about these animals is that we're they're outside of their natural environments. We're asking them to do things that are against what their natural instincts are already. We already like, like I tell, like I'm walking my dogs and I won't let them eat trash. And they're like, bitch, we eat what we find. <laughs> Them chasing the rabbits in our yards. I'm, I'm telling them to stop. And and listen, I have two little fluffy dogs, okay? And they are completely harmless. Everyone thinks they're cute. But they see, if they see a rabbit spread across that yard, it's on like fucking popcorn, okay? It's on. And, and I'm like, stop chasing. <laughs> and they're like, bitch, I'm an animal. <laughs> this is what I do. Stop feeding me pitiful and let me get that fucking rabbit. <laughs> but like being a responsible animal owner is is understanding that and keeping your animal out of situations in which they will be high stress and which they will not be welcome. Like when Julia brought that fucking uh, German Shepherd to the dinner party and uh, with a muzzle on it, I'm like, girl... And I'm not because I was afraid of the dog having a muzzle link. Some dogs need that because, um, I don't know, they just feel more secure with it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a person that runs up on somebody else's animals anyway. It's, it's one of my pet peeves. But, like, I appreciate that if you have, like, a dog that is a biter that you have a muzzle on it. But here's the thing. Muzzles are probably uncomfortable. I've never had one. 
since I've needed one, but I've never had one. But muscles are uncomfortable, baby. And he could be at home without a muzzle on. He'd be at home, had a great walk, maybe got one of those treat puzzles, mm-hmm. And um, lay on the couch, because you're not there telling him to get off the couch, so he's on the couch, watching like a uh, fucking, I don't know, watching Vanderpump Rules. I don't know. But he'd be at home. And yet, you've decided to get his ass together, put a muzzle on him, and take him to a dinner party where people are filming and screaming at each other? Why? So you can be cute? This is stupid. I don't know. I, I, I'm rambling. I think my main thing is that I'm, like, annoyed with her for bringing that fucking cat. Like, please let someone take care of the cat, and then you go to fucking rehab. She ends up breaking her cocktail signs sign because she said it literally ruined her life for the last time and she grabs her cat and gets in limo and she's off and she takes that limo 1200 miles from kansas to florida with dr townsend at her side oh and she's drinking the whole time too of course she is she tells us that there's nothing that will change her mind she's not jumping ship this is it i'm ready i'm ready to go it's, it was time to go four hours later they only have a few exits, so they get off. And she's like, nope, not ready. Mm -mm, I can't do this. Oh, no. Oh, no. She gets there, and she dumps out all her drinks on the pavement next to the limo. And then she goes in to check in, but she forgot the cat. So she goes running back to get the cat. And then she gets back in the limo. And she tells the driver to turn around and go back home. It's her decision. She's making the decision. Let's go back home. And Dr. Townsend says they drove too far to go back now. And she starts introducing Putty around, which was a genius thing to do. Having everyone be like, oh, is this Putty? Oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Kind of really ignoring um, Lainey and just like focusing on the cat. And, you know, um, I'm not sure if, like, huh. I was really surprised when they said she could take the cat. Like, besides me being like, I don't know if my cat wants to live in rehab. Like, he's not an alcoholic. Like, maybe she wants to stay home. Um, I was surprised they said yes. Um, not like that will never happen. No, but more like, oh, that's interesting. They said yes. Um, but it seems like that's not what's happening. It seems like the cat came to Florida, but is not staying with her because this is a person standing there and being like, oh, I'll take. I'll take good care. You can hear him meowing, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, is she not going to be with the cats? Then why? Really, why the fuck did you drive this cat 1,200 miles? If not to even be with you. You could have stayed with your cousins. I'm sure your mom, your mom owes you big fucking time, bro. Like, I'm sure your mom will take the cat. So, they get her in. Okay? Finally. I mean, it was touch and go, but they get her in. And she leaves treatment two days later. She picks up her cat, calls the limo, and she's out. Um, her entire family cut off contact, apparently. But, you know, when they do the bottom where they tell us where, where she is now, apparently she got sober in 2007 or 2008, and they did a follow-up on her. Because they search, you know, I always search for updates. And, you know, I go to the intervention directory, I go to Reddit... With these older episodes, I often have to go to uh, to YouTube. There's usually something on YouTube. 
And so they did an update, and I watched the update, and she is talking very confidently and very much like, I got this, I'm sober, and I know, blah, blah, blah. And what happened is apparently the driver who drove her back to Kansas was the owner of the company, and he was also a Christian pastor, and apparently they got together. Mm-hmm. And... He got her to stop drinking. And at the time, she's talking, she's all this stuff like, and, you know, I found the strength through the Christian, blah, blah, blah. And she's six and a half weeks sober. Which is absolutely no motherfucking time, okay? <laughs> it's no motherfucking time. But it's also better than nothing. It is, I mean, uh, imagine being six weeks free from your joint choice, right? And you never thought you could. I don't know, man. But it's also, like, no time. She's, like, talking like she's found the, the secret to life. And I'm like, girl, you know. So on Intervention Directory, the best place to go is the comments. Because it's always people talking about how they felt about the show. Lots of people felt like her parent, her family was super cold. They, so most, so here's the general consensus. No, but they don't like her. Right, Laney, Laney comes off as bitchy and entitled and spoiled, da, 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 da. and then the other side was that her family was very cold, and her family, you know, was actually very unloving. Um, I don't know, like, somebody must have missed the whole first part of the fucking episode because they were like oh she got into drugs because she tried to kill herself so she wouldn't have a little sister and i'm like oh, there's a lot of shit to happen um but again somebody else could have had all those things happen and and not never become an alcoholic it, it, we're all different there is no manual um there's no handbook baby girl um and also someone saying they were Laney was commenting. And that can be true or false. People on the internet are ridiculous. But this person was like, did you see how my sister was rolling her eyes at me? And, da, 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 and this and this and this. And I don't know. But a lot of people in those comments were like, there's no way she's not dead now. There's no way. And like, you know what? I see. I Because, I mean, I mean, listen, in the follow-up, she looked great. And the question is, I had to ask myself, is does she look great or is she just blonder? Did she get her hair done? I don't know. But um, a lot of people expected her to be dead because, I mean, alcohol, alcohol can really fuck you up, guys, physically. So, yeah, I expect her to be dead, too, and who knows if she is. But, yeah, that's the end of that. Guys, I am getting very tired. I'm going to head out tonight. Head out tonight. I'm going to head off all this damn podcast and go to bed. But I will see you guys uh, on Sunday for the last episode of season 13 of Bye Pumpkin. As we wrap up the real world and get ready for our next adventures. That's all I have.